On this episode of AV Week, we take a look back at 2019, the year that was the biggest stories that were including lawsuits and new technology. Also take a look ahead at what's going to come down the pipeline in 2020. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 437, recorded Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. This is 2020. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Vadio, makers of the new NDI professional broadcast camera, the RoboShot 30E NDI. And by QSC, who invites you to go native with the QSIS audio, video, and control ecosystem. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Welcome to the end of the year, first of the year show. Uh, this is our annual time to kind of sit back, relax, and pontificate with some friends of mine uh, on what the biggest stories were of the year and also allow us to see into the future and, and tell you what we think is going to be uh, the biggest ones for 2020. Uh, with me to do just that, first and foremost, uh, my buddy Megan Dutta, who is with SCN and AV Network. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, thanks for having me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Also with us is Kelly Perkins, who is with NSCA. Welcome. Hola. Hola, que pasa? Uh, next up is Mr. Chris Netto, who is with Starin Marketing and also hosts uh, a conversation on Sunday mornings called Hashtag AV in the AM. Welcome, sir. How are you, Tim? I am well. Uh, and I saved Bradford for last because once I introduced Bradford, the show is no longer mine. My boss and buddy and pal, Mr. Bradford Ben. Welcome, sir. Hello, Timothy. I can promise you the show will not last long. Uh, I have tickets to go see the uh, Rise of Skywalker in 32 hours. So we'll definitely be done before that. So it'll be a good time. Uh, I have to give the disclaimer. Anything I say here is my opinion, my opinion only. I speak for nobody, not even Tim. And their my opinions does not reflect the opinions of my employer, my wife, my friends, my enemies, no one but me. And that's the disclaimer for today. So, Tim, why don't you start us off with a couple of questions? All right. Uh, Bradford mentioned Star Wars. We are recording this on Wednesday, uh, December 18th, um, honestly, because unless something massive happens between now uh, and the next 12 days, this will be the biggest ones of, of the year. Um, so I can actually, we'll start with you on this. Uh, simple question to all of you. Um, what, uh, what were the biggest stories of 2019 sitting right here right now, uh, midway through December? I think the, one of the biggest stories of the year, and we've, I've already pulled our top 40 stories for the year and, every story that talks about this is in the top 40 is the clear one sure ongoing litigation clear one for those that don't know um filed a lawsuit against sure for trade secret misappropriation and willful patent infringement sure filed a patent infringement lawsuit back and they've gone back and forth on it throughout the year it's been all over much discussed <laughs> um, with people's opinions on not only the lawsuits but both companies it, what part of that that saga has been the, the federal um, court who actually filed an injunction against Sure, saying that they could not sell and or market it that specific product in the U.S. is is my understanding of it, and I think that is still in effect as of right now. Is that right? Yes, and Sure actually retooled the product so that they can sell it again in the U.S. and they just sent a press release today that'll be up on our website soon saying that it's now shipping. Okay, so their their solution to that, um, Bradford. From your standpoint, as, as somebody who now you you've gone from manufacturer into um, let's say end user world, and, and calling Bradford an end user is is a, is a little bit like calling a Lamborghini a car. Um, yeah. But let's just say it. Uh, what does stuff like that do when you're looking at um, projects that, you, to be frank, you know your projects typically um, are eighteen twenty four months out you see you know, hiccups like this along the way. Do you course correct? Or is it just like, you know what, they'll figure it out eventually. 
we're going down uh, this road? Actually, from the beginning, before any of this happens, uh, typically we come up with, we need this type of performance and we prefer this brand and then, or approved equal. So right now I can tell you that for every speaker I have, I have another brand of speaker because we kind of plan on some of this. Uh, it's an unfortunate thing. Part of it's also that when you have projects, like you said, with long lead times, you have problems with products going obsolete. Mm. Uh, you know, changes in manufacturing, changes in the sales team, changes in all sorts of stuff, changes in ownership. You know, just look at some of that. So we kind of develop our systems by performance specs and then say, you know, we prefer X because, you know, we want to have some control and be able to minimize spares. But we don't say we are only using this product for it's a combination of we don't take the design away from the integrator. We want our integrators to do the design, but it's also the problem of it goes obsolete. The patents happen. Uh, to me, that's just kind of part of business, especially now in the modern age. Uh, but because a lot of the stuff we use is not, commoditized like a conference room product, it's less of a risk for us, but it is definitely something we look at and are aware of. Uh, you know, there are a couple of products that we've designed around and if those go away, we're gonna have to start at ground zero. Yeah, but hopefully a lot of times you'll get enough, uh, enough of a heads up that, hey, this is going away. Um, so you can make those adjustments. Yeah, and usually we do. Uh, our good vendors will give us a roadmap that we can't share. Uh, but there's, you know, there are changes. There are supply issues. Uh, you know, it sounds odd, but I'm just as much affected by Chinese tariffs on products as I am on this Shore and Clearcom discussion. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of take your pick as to what you want to worry about. Uh, you know, the, we all know that beryllium speakers, neodymium speakers went up in cost. We all know that, you know, certain microphones have stopped being made. It's kind of like the Rojas or lead free situation later, uh, earlier. And that's as much of an issue as these, I don't want to say small legal fights, but as these legal issues, you know, it's the year earlier, it was the Barco click share. And for my use, I can tell you the only Barco click share I have in the entire system is the one that we use in the conference room because no. it's not part of my system. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Ms. Perkins will still come over with you with us. What uh, from your standpoint was the biggest stories of, of 2019? Uh, I think, I mean, I would say the the codes and compliances in the legislature that the electrical folks have brought to our attention, partly because uh, I work with Chuck Wilson and he talks about it nonstop for like lengthy hours. So it's it's affected me, but I think it's also affected a lot of our organizations, integration organizations. So I think like just just the fact that because now we have, you know, the internet of things and power over ethernet and we're kind of encroaching on, you know, the electrical industry and their trade. Um, you know, I think, I think that they've kind of, instead of kind of taking the angle of, of, you know, let's, let's work together. It's more like, okay, integration firms, low voltage are, you know, encroaching on us. So let's set up a wall. So they bring, they brought a whole bunch of, legislature state by state to lower the wattage and the voltage of um, what they need to get high voltage electricians to call them in to do it. So there's some states where I know, I think it was, I can't remember if it was New Jersey or New York, so don't quote me on this, but it was something where you'd have to call an electrician if it was 10 volts or higher. Yeah. So that really 
you know, makes it makes it difficult for our integration firms to do their jobs, right? So I think I think that's a big piece, and I just I don't think it's been talked about a lot over the year. It seems to me like it's kind of hidden. I talk to people about it, and they don't really know much about it. And I thought it was just interesting to bring it up because um, a whole bunch of associations in our industry, NSCA, CDA, CompTIA, CTA, Vixie, Avixa, and a whole bunch of other um, organizations around around the country have created this kind of consortium to really combat some of this and watch the legislature and make sure that we are able as integrators to continue to do our business. Um, so I think, like I said, I, maybe it's because I work with Chuck all the time, but it's it seems to be a larger deal that people don't know a lot about. No, and, and it's a huge deal because you, you've got a number of, of products out there um, talking about uh, anything that is on the network that is powered, right? Um, one of one of our underwriters, one of our, our supporters, um, LSIED, came up with a new um, uh, IP speaker powered over over the network, right? Uh, and I know that they were working with some folks as well. Chris, uh, from two different hats, you, you've got, first of all, Chris works for Starin, distributor, obviously, you know, kind of one of the, on the front line of, of explaining, you know, different uh, new products to folks, but also as a former uh, designer, in AV tech, when you're looking at stuff like this and suddenly you've got the government saying, hey, you know this way that you've always done it, you no longer can do it this way. How do you, how do you pivot that? How do you take you know, uh, an existing framework, uh, both for your dealers and also for their clients and their customers saying, you know, now we have to involve the electrical unions or the, elect or the electricians, not necessarily electrical unions, depending on where you are and, and you know, whether or not you need, need union labor. Um, how do you help them pivot that and, and, and bring in an entirely different trade that don't really understand AV? Well, I'm glad you asked because as a former tech and somebody who worked on site as an end user uh, tech manager, I had a couple different uh, experiences in what I could and couldn't do. I can have an AV integrator come in and pull cable, but 90% of the times, depending on what job site I was at or was working on, uh, the, the two pharma companies that I worked at, we had to use in-house, um, the in-house ECs. And ironically, the unions that represented them were the steel workers unions. It wasn't even an electrical union. A union is a union. They somehow got represented by the steel workers. I will, I will, I will point everybody to the fact that, that Chris was in New Jersey at the time. So, I, And I'm still in New Jersey, and New Jersey is kind of a whacked out state. Everything was in New Jersey. Absolutely. At least my internet has gotten better. Uh, don't blame it on them. So I've had to deal with that in New York City, you know, sitting as a, as a project manager for, for a bunch of years and watching somebody terminate a cable at the pace of an EC and stopping what they're doing so two people can walk downstairs and get another spool of cable that was being delivered by a truck that I couldn't take off the truck because there was a union downstairs that needed to open the garage door, another union to get me downstairs in the elevator and another union. You see where I'm getting at. I it's, do. it's, I'm used to it. I just tack on the time and the, and the resources into it. Uh, unfortunately, I've, I'm exposed to union since day one of my career. So I'm kind of used to it. Uh, us losing the ability to plug a jack in is kind of, kind of crazy, right? Um, how that's going to be affecting the integrators uh, is one thing, but as we know, we have a lot of in-house people now, right? How is that going to affect them? You know, the university uh, technology managers, the uh, technology managers such as myself at a corporation, how far can they go? They're already playing by a certain amount of rules based on where they're at, if they're in New York City or New Jersey, um, which are heavy union states. So um, I don't think it's going to be too much of a, of a flip for us in the Northeast, but you know what, you know, we're different than everybody else. So you are, you are. And there was one thing, again, I'm also a former tech manager. Uh, there was something called, uh, um, um, once we took possession of the building, right. Mm -hmm. We could do certain things until the GC released the building to us and our, our college. Uh, we had to abide by certain rules and obviously labor laws and, um, you know, the agreements that the GCs had with the other trades. Once we took possession of it, though, um, we could do certain things. Our in-house IT staff 
could pull the, the network cables if, if we needed. Or, you know, we as, as the AV group could also do that. Yeah. We could hang the speakers. We could hang the projectors. And, and we, we did the refreshes every single year. Uh, with the exception of a couple of rather large projects, we all, eventually, before I left, we were the designers, we were the installers, we were the the, uh, the, the control system programmers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it depending on where you are and your laws. Once you, as the owner, take possession of that building and that that construction uh, site, there, there, you know, once you do that, then it kind of opens things up just a little bit. You know, uh, again, check your local laws, check your state laws before you go down that road. Uh, Mr. Ben, we will come to you on this. What were your biggest stories for, for 2019? So my two biggest ones are uh, acquisitions are still happening. QSC purchasing a tarot tech is a huge one, yep. uh, but that's only the second purchase that QSC has ever made. The first one was a cinema module. I forget the name. And then uh, I forget Rashid's uh, venture capital company. Island Partners. Uh, Thank you. Uh, but Biamp buying community a couple months ago is also big. Uh, and I also see the uh, ripples from Harmon uh, changes in staffing having impacts such as Loud Enough Audio or LEA Audio coming up. So to me, I think the biggest thing are the business changes themselves. Uh, and how it's impacting items. You know, I could be a wise guy and say the biggest shocker to me was sh was sure getting rid of their cabbie microphones like the 514B because everyone needs that as a paging microphone. But to be honest, it's all of the purchases and acquisitions and uh, that's still going on is just more subtly. Uh, it's not the blockbuster Samsung purchasing Harman it's QSC makes speakers and then buys a speaker company. Uh, so that to me is, is what's still going on. Uh, the issues that Kelly and Chris bring up about code, that's a huge issue that not everyone's paying attention to uh, because it's also starting to come up with what's intelligibility uh, and things like that. Codes are advancing. But the business differences are amazing to me of how different it is to now do business a year after I started this or 18 months after I started this uh, being an end user or a power user and to me that's that's kind of big and that sometimes I just need the okay who owns who today and and who spun off from what company is now their own company you know, those those to me are, are the ripples that still a big story. We've also seen a lot of that with integration firms, you know, acquisitions, mergers, that kind of thing. Do you, so everyone's predicting, you know, the economy is going to have a little downward spiral, spiral in 2020. Do you think that that will have, we'll see more mergers and acquisitions because of that or less and just companies closing? So for me personally, I think you're going to see, uh, you're actually going to see more smaller companies for integrators coming up because just the overhead of hiring some of these large companies is large. You know, the, the $100 million uh, integration firms need to feed that machine. I see a uh, lot of that too. I see yeah. a lot of that. And I see a lot of people breaking off of the large integration firm, starting their own thing, and then specializing in design engineering, just labor or commissioning, or even kind of the, the AV as a service thing. But there's, I see a lot of that just in Minneapolis of folks yeah. breaking off of big companies. Welcome. And I do think that the, the changes in hardware is gonna be more impactful than we know because you know, if the economy makes a downturn, most companies don't sell if they're making a profit. So if they're being bought, odds are there's a reason. And for instance, I'm not speaking for any company, any of that, but if you buy a loudspeaker company and you're a loudspeaker manufacturer, you're gonna prune those lines a little more viciously. So I think 
jokingly saying the 514B going away, that is those types of things you're going to see, the unique problem solvers that aren't a high-velocity, high-cash-flow item. Welcome, basically, to the gig economy, finally hitting AV in a, in a sense. Um, yeah. We basically are now entering that, that, that phase of it. About a year ago uh, or so, me and Mark Coxon sat down and, and, and we were chatting about some stuff on a, on a show that we once had. And, um, one of the things that we talked about was that AV is, is going to change. Uh, because of all the um, influx of IT speak and people want to be IT, um, recently I've talked about how basically our skill set in AV has been undervalued, right? Everybody's out there looking for an AV data scientist. Everybody wants, everybody wants to find the next, you know, IP whatever specialist. And I think that uh, our 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 skill set is kind of being undervalued. The uh, the person who understands acoustics and viewing distance and and throw distances and stuff like that that is a that is an art form that's kind of going by the way of Latin, right? Uh, it's it's going to be a language not spoken by a kid coming out of MIT. I'm sorry, they don't look at those type of things when they're deciding a desktop monitor. That's a a desktop monitor is only as big as they sell it. It is made for that space. There is no thought in how far you got to sit away from a 34-inch monitor like I'm sitting now. It's designed for that, right? A 55-inch monitor in a conference room can be big enough if the conference room is the right size, but most of the times they're not thinking about that. So we're entering this, this new phase of AV where specialized, where specialized SEAL team type companies are going to start coming out. Companies that specialize in either the hanging bangs of old, or they specialize in the ability to create these huddle spaces in an instance where it is being, you know, almost down to the Henry Ford model of buildings things, where it comes down to the second to the minute, and that's how they achieve their profits. It's not through putting a project manager and an engineer and two techs and a senior tech and an apprentice and this guy and that guy, it's going to be, you get three people. It's the process. It delivers at eight o'clock in the morning. You're on to the next one by 11, right? You're starting to see that starting to happen and groups starting to form or companies starting to form based on their specialties, right? I'm seeing guys that have been in AV for many years that were great with projection and going off and doing their own thing. The projectionist at an AV company, mm. but the projectionist who was working with the events companies who were working in projector mapping or going to work at amusement parks or theme parks or uh, you name it, where now the screen is not flat. Those projectionists are finding new life. So this is the new AV. It's not necessarily going to be traditional company A, company B anymore. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think there's going to be a rise in freelancers and there's going to be a lot of people with holes in their resumes. You're not going to find people sitting at companies very long, right? I think that that's going to start changing because their specialties are going to make them move, right? You got to go to where the work is. Some, you know, in, in business we hear about, you got to go to where the customer is. Well, guess what? Sometimes the customers are moving faster than these companies can change. So you're going to start seeing the workers go to where the work is. And we're going to be our own form of digital nomads working around and going to where we're needed and brought in on a contract. And that's where it's going to happen. That so do you point. think that companies like tier PM and AV junction are going to thrive in 2020 and beyond? if they're just placing people for the traditional job, right? I think that's the problem. I think that everybody's out there looking for an AV tech, low grade, start, pay, great. You, good luck getting that from the college kids. Most of the kids that I see coming out of college right now are graduating with accelerated masters. You're gonna give them $40,000 and tell them to start pulling cable? You're out of your mind. You gotta change. And what I think tier PM and, and, and companies that are out there recruiting and, and looking uh, for that talent is going to basically have to sit down with the people that they're, they're, that are looking to hire and say, you know what, you're going to hire an IT guy. This guy's coming with zero experience, right? You're going to have to train them, right? There's an expense that comes with that. You're going to have to invest in this guy. If you don't put this up front, if you don't say this up front, they are going to walk, right? But also in 
uh, I know a couple other people have their hand raised, but this is the other problem with the gig economy of if I'm hiring a integrator or a contract and all they have is contractors that they bring in for one use, it's, it changes our look at those companies. It changes the way I feel. You know, I don't want to speak for my employer, but if I'm building, let's say I'm building a stadium that's $1 billion and I'm putting in $20 million worth of AV, am I going to want to hire an AV integrator that is literally just a project management company that brings in independent contractors? The flip side to that. Uh, really good there's a flip side. Right? There's a <laughs> There's a flip side to that, Bradford, which is you. It doesn't matter what company you're hiring because that guy can go and sub out for any company too. So if you had a yeah. good experience with X Y Z guy who is now you know moving around, you can basically you as the customer have a lot more power in your hands now under this type of format than you did before. Wait, let, let me bring up real quickly, and then I want to get Kelly's two cents on this. There, there's a gentleman that I was connected with actually because of of Neto. Uh, his name is Sean Reed, uh, and, and Sean. Uh, has recently, not recently, but he's, he's been on Twitter for a while. He's starting to make some noise. Interesting, interesting guy, right? Um, AV professional, designer, programmer. He is working. He is a contractor at this point. And this is what, to, a little bit to Bradford's point, he, is, he would technically be a subcontractor. However, he is so good at what he does, he has end-user clients who are contacting him and either, you know, he's working, he, let's say that, that, that they want to hire him for a job. They want to hire him for design work or this, that, and the other. But he doesn't sell product, right? So they're saying, okay, Sean, who's a great integrator in, in our local area? He's connecting them with, with the integrator. And then the client is saying, okay, you know what? Um, AV specialist in St. Louis, Missouri, we it. want you to hire Sean. And we're not doing business with you until you do or if you don't, right? So there, there is this power of of the the the, the rise of this of this gig economy person, who can become really good and, and, and really known for what they do and force the issue, and force the the integrator to say, yeah, you know what, client, you you want this guy? Sure, we'll we'll hire him, we'll hire her, we don't care, you know, um, we'll 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 work that way. Kelly, when you're doing a lot of this, when with with um, with innovate, um, um, with integrate, ignite, good lord. Uh, with Ignite uh, and with NSCA, what are you finding when it comes to working with young people and getting them in, into the into the industry? Uh, I mean, most of the young people that most of the young people that that I work with, you doing some marketing consulting, and this is not a shameless plug, but it's it's interesting because it helps. I think on one hand, the market, so consulting and kind of the gig economy and in our industry as well is there's a lot of companies out there that are too small to afford a full-time person, right? So they can't afford a full-time marketing person. They can't afford somebody to do, you know, A or B or whatever. So that's, it's kind of cool to be able to help companies, which I'm sure Sean is doing and other folks. But for example, there was an intern, uh, that I worked with at Legrand last year and I've hired him a couple times to help just edit some videos because he's like dabbling in it. He's, he, he just graduated from school. Well, he calls me like, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to continue to work with you. He's like, but I wanted to call and thank you because he's like having you hire me to do some videos for you opened up this whole new world for me because he's like, I'm going to take a month and a half off and just build my YouTube presence. He's like, and he's like, and I got, he's like, I got a project through the university doing videos for them. He's like, so I have all this other stuff going on. He's like, but I wanted to thank you. Cause he's like, I didn't even think that was an option. You know, he's like, I thought I'd have to start with a company and start at the bottom and do this. And he's like, but, but now I realized that it doesn't have to be, you know, graduate from school you know, go get an entry level job, stay at the company for two years, grow into a technician two, a technician three, whatever that may be. And it opens up a whole world of opportunities for people. So, I mean, I think that in and of itself is saying what a lot of kids are doing. Maybe not. I mean, that's one, one example, but I think they're just, I think the kids out there just, they, 
they want to learn, they want to do more. And even a lot of the young folks that, that I work with that are working full-time jobs, they all have side gigs, whether it's writing, whether it's content creation, whether it's video editing, photography, social media, whatever it may be, they're all doing, they all have their hands in so many different pies that it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's cool. Kelly, I, I think what you're getting at, the point that you're kind of dancing around without really calling it that is um, young people these days want a, want better handle or better control over their career. More so than me, the Gen X 40-something had, right? I wish I had that. I wish I didn't have to spend two years, you know, pulling cable, right? Covered in sheetrock dust and insulation. I, I wish I didn't have to. There is a value to what I did, right? But all that value is now gone because none of that stuff that I pulled is even valid anymore because the technology is changing so quickly. I think that there is a, there, there is a mindset amongst the young people coming into the workforce now that AV is not prepared for, right? Um, I know that a couple um, organizations have already said, not necessarily organizations, excuse me, trade magazines have said that there is an issue, an impending problem coming, which is the lack of of, of, of talent or a lack of, of pool that we've once had, right? We're not diving back into the roadies. We're not diving into the, the car audio installation business looking for these guys. We're there, this, is where we, this is where we search for talent to come in and, and start and pull and change because we had a better career than they did, right? Or we were a more stable career. Now we need to find that other piece. Yeah. And but I also think... We had better I help. think, Chris, this goes back to the AV and the AM from earlier in December with that LinkedIn article of the younger generation mm -hmm. hopping from career to career after two years, mm -hmm. after a year and a half. And some companies just accepting it as if they're a vocational school or an internship and instead celebrating it. And I do think that is something that is missing from a lot of things. And it's not just an AV issue. You know, in my job, I work with people from every industry, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just an AV thing. No. It's an across the board thing. It, it sounds odd, but to bring this back to a completely different trade, I learned longhand drafting in high school. I can run AutoCAD more efficiently than some of the people who have just run AutoCAD because I have those basics of I knew how to lay out a drawing and I didn't use the undo feature and all that because before the undo feature was an eraser and then redrawing everything. And I think that to Chris's point, the pulling the cable through the drywall is being lost. The discussion of why don't you put a six gang wall plate in at one place because trying to get all those wires into one place is lost. And I think that's, that's a challenge, not just for us, but for the changes in generations and to Chris's point, the gig economy. I, I will add just one little thing from a side, completely different or, uh, industry that's going through this type of change right now. Take an industry like the tattoo industry where you came in as an artist, right? You spent a, a two, three years as an apprentice under a tattoo artist, right? And then finally you were brought on staff as an official artist, but you could not become a tattooer without spending, you know, X amount of time as an apprentice, right? What's happening now in the tattoo industry is that tattoo schools are coming out and you learn tattooing, but it gives you that, like almost that forward, to where you can go ahead and you get your tattoo license and now you can open up a shop without apprenticing. Old school tattoo apprentice mindset versus going to school with a certificate, there is that clash. We have that same problem now in that, you know, when I joined 20 years ago, I had a bachelor's degree in communications. It's not an AV degree, but it was in broadcast communications. Kind of scratching at that surface of what we're doing. Um, now you have IT. With no, there's still no AV degree. 20 years later, there is an IT mindset 
there is just that there's that clash and then you throw in the fact that these guys and and women and and men that are coming out of college are not going to settle just for anything because they're graduating with advanced degrees already it's a perfect storm for why we are having this discussion right now yeah all right uh last actually chris you you get the last uh one here uh what was the biggest story for you for 2019 uh actually i got about three of them i'll let you choose which one you think is crazy or out of control Okay. Uh, the first one obviously has been the looming tariffs. I hate to, to, to talk about that as an AV problem, but it is. We source equipment, we source materials, we source everything from other countries, right? Specifically the countries that are affected by these tariffs. It's not just affecting us, it's affecting others. Not only do you have that, but you have what's going on over in the UK and with Brexit going on there, they're one of our biggest back and forth partners that we have. So I think that the whole political economical situation is weighing down on AV. Whether we want to admit that or not, I don't care if your rose colored glasses report that the uh, economy is going to be great next year. That's a lie. You prepare for the worst, you hunker down, you hope. To me, the tariffs is, is, is one of the top stories. Second one, Interop. It is nine. It is. It is a uh, 2020. We are getting close to the end of the decade, and we still do not have an answer for interop. And it's not just interop on a UC level. It's interop across the board. Avio. You know, everybody built these ecosystems at the early part of the 2000s, right? The ecosystems are great. They play in their own sandbox, but they can't talk to each other. 20 years later, 10 years later, because we're talking about the end of the decade here as well. 10 years later, we're still having issues with interoperability. And the big story that is actual AV, in my opinion, that was, that has kind of just, it happened. People went, oh man, but I don't think there is a bigger story than Zoom IPO this year. This is a company that if you would have told me when they started that they would be ruffling the feathers of some of the big boys in our industry, I would have told you, go pound salt. It is not, was not, no way was that supposed to happen. And it did, right? Regardless of what you feel, what your services are, what your allegiances to companies, you have to stop and admit that this company came from nowhere and became something. And in 2019, it was their coming out party. To me, that's probably one of the biggest stories. Full transparency here. I'm just going to lay that out. I do work for a company that does a lot of work with Zoom. We don't sell Zoom per se, but we work with all the components that feed into that system, right? And I watched and, 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 and learned because I've essentially been only in this space for about six months now working with Starin. The excitement is real, not just from the company because the company's kind of laid back doing their thing but watching the industry flood into the, oh my God, there's actual competition for the big boys has been pretty, uh, pretty uh, amazing. And, and to that point, it was a $700 million uh, coming out party, just for the record for, for, um, for Zoom. That was what they, they made on their IPO. So um, I, I'll give you the, the tariffs as well. Um, personally, um, this is not a political statement. I've said this every time we've talked about tariffs. Every single person on this call, <clears throat> I do mean every single person on this call, are going to be Im- impacted by tariffs, both from, from, from a professional standpoint as well as, as in our personal life. So I would, I would absolutely agree with you. But the thing that is 100% AV, yep, Zoom, all day, every day. Um, we, are, they're not a, a, a client of ours, but we do use Zoom. Uh, we pay a license for it. Um, and there's a reason that we've standardized on it because it's, it's really simple. Uh, the quality is there, uh, and every single, um, month or so they're always, uh, increasing and, and, and unveiling new, uh, new, new features. So, all right, guys, uh, Bradford, we'll kick off with this with you and just kind of go down the line real quickly. What's going to be the biggest one for 2020? Uh, the biggest one for 2020, in my opinion, is actually going to be, to Kristen's point, the interoperability. Uh, but I will warn slightly that I think as seen by the QSC purchases, it's going to be the opposite way of the walled, gor- the walled garden. More of that. Uh, it's the whole way Apple's been successful. 
they interact with themselves much better than they do with other people. Okay. So I think that's going to be the big one is QSC is going to be able to leverage to their own system. Uh, you know, Biamp's going to leverage to their own, L Acoustics, DNB, Harman, take your pick. Because there are advantages to it from a business standpoint that I think uh, is going to make that happen. Megan, your your uh, your predictions for 2020? I think one of the big stories we're going to continue to talk about is reinventing entertainment. You know, entertainment venues are supposed to be, according to Avixa, one of the largest markets for integrators in 2020. And things like all the apps and the connected machines and the digital signage that we're using is going to change the way that consumers interact with things. And that includes social media and, you know, the continuous fluctuation with things like Instagram taking away likes, how that affects, you know, it, it's silly to us, but it is going to affect how people do things. It wasn't silly to Kim Kardashian, just for the record. She was pissed. Dude, look at all your likes, whatever. Uh, Kelly, what's, what's your prediction for 2020? Um, <clears throat> I think, and this is just kind of what I keep hearing from friends in the industry is the I think the demand of the end user, wanting it fast, wanting it now, wanting everything done yesterday. You know, they want integrators to move fast. They want the products fast. So kind of going back to what Bradford said of, you know, if there's supply issues with the manufacturers, if there's tariff issues, whatever that may be, the supply chain going down to the end user, I think is, I think, I think that's going to be, continue to just be a, a top of mind issue through the, through the next year. Okay. Very good. I would agree with that. Mr. Netta, last word on this. What's uh, what's the big one for 2020? Two. Two of the big ones. You know, uh, just to, I told all of you, you had one. And you yeah. came up with three big ones for 2019. And now you got two for 2020. Good. Dude, I got to think big. This all is what right. you brought me here for. That is, that is why I brought you here, yes. Okay. I don't eat those little pizzas you eat in Chicago. I eat big pizzas. That's a New York style. So, you know. I know because I have one upstairs. I got one sent in the mail. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate it. Um, so the two big things going into uh, 2020, I think that um, we are going to see an, an, an implosion, uh, not an implosion, an explosion. Uh, live streaming is going to become substantially bigger uh, with every channel that comes on TV from Disney Plus to Netflix to whatever service. And then you take on Yahoo, uh, excuse me, Yahoo, wow, dude, uh, YouTube <laughs> and their stuff. And the fact that I sit and watch a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old do nothing but watch their phones and streaming, we can't stop it. We got to figure out a way to play in it, and it's going to be done professionally. Uh, you're starting to see a lot more high-end streaming being done by people out of their offices, out of their um you know, shops. Because these are good enough to do it now. Those are good enough, but we don't live in a good enough world. I hate that word. Yes, but we're going to be, we, we are but in we a good really enough world, do. but we as professionals <laughs> oh, no, shouldn't no, be. Yeah. So, and then the last thing that I have is we will finally in 2020, uh, uh, Joe Way, if you're hearing, AVAS will finally hit the shores of AV and it will be one of those things where right now, there's a lot of talk and a lot of hype. The hype goes away. Companies sit down and start figuring out how to use it. For years, companies have gone to trade associations, to shows, to seminars, to this, to that. How is it going to impact? How is it going to work? Oh, my God. They all walk out of there feeling good, happy shoes, happy feet, dancing their way out. We're in the AVAS. They get back to their office. They still can't figure out how to do it and how to make money because most of these companies are in the business of doing business to make money. AVAS in 2020 will finally open up and give some people a hint as to where they can go. It's not going to be just managed services. Bradford, you say no for your specific industry. Joe Way, I said that on purpose to Joe because I have a hard time understanding how it works on the higher ed side because of the way they do it. But we will finally see some, some cracks in the armor of people that are saying that it's not going to happen. I think and it's, it's going to happen. I do agree with you, and Tim's going to yell at me, but I'm not going to sign his paycheck if he does, uh, that AVAS does not work for every vertical market, every industry, like you said. Absolutely. 
but I do think that for conference rooms, mm -hmm. especially for multi-location companies, makes perfect sense. It's a cap, it's OPEX or operational expenses instead of CapEx, all that good stuff, et cetera. But I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. I don't think you can have AVAS for a house of worship. You can have AVAS for a car dealership, and I believe that's called Muzak or Play Network. So it's not out of the realm. It's just not a panacea. It has to be applied correctly. Yes, absolutely. All right, uh, guys, this is, this is my uh, prediction. Years ago, uh, in Bradford, you're you're not entirely wrong, but uh, there's we can differentiate. We, we can parse this through later. Um, but for the sake of time, this is my one prediction for 2020. This is the year that the gaming industry comes into its own, and the reason I'm mentioning it on this show is the fact that if you are not integrating and, and working with uh, either esports or, or e-gaming, you you will be this year. Um, a week ago, not even a week ago, this this past Saturday. Um, it was uh, December 14th. I watched, along with millions of others, in a game, a clip from Star Wars, the biggest movie right. of the year, could be argued. Um, a clip and there's a no virtualized argument. version. Wait, 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 wait. There's no argument. Who's going to argue that that's you, the best movie? There are year? some people. It, it, the movie has not been released as of right now. We have no idea how much money it's going to make. Avengers did come out this year, just for the record. And it has the record for the biggest, most uh, grossing, biggest grossing movie of all time. So, but right now it could be argued that, that Star Wars is the biggest movie. I sat inside Fortnite. You know, in Fortnite, in, in a community uh, arena, and watched one of the most fascinating entertainment experiences I think I've ever uh, had. And, and it wasn't the fact that it was Fortnite. And it wasn't the fact that it was Star Wars. It was the complete and total immersion into the Star Wars slash Fortnite area. Uh, if you did not see this, go on Twitch or go on somebody else, or, or uh, real briefly, here's what happened. J a virtualized version, an avatar of J.J. Abrams comes in, uh, has some neat interaction, some Fortnite-ish things happen. He danced. It was, it was funny. He shows a clip of the movie. In the sky are Imperial Destroyers. Okay? So the, you're already in it. The Millennium Falcon flies around before this happens. At the end of this, and when J.J. Abrams gets on the virtual Millennium Falcon and it flies away, the entire screen freezes and you hear the voice of the Emperor. If you're not familiar with Star Wars, he's the biggest bad guy over all nine movies. Then, at the end, every player in your arena gets a lightsaber. And he gets the lightsaber of the color that you told them was your favorite lightsaber, just for the record. I got a purple one. That entire immersive experience is going to happen over and over again. Fortnite, one of the biggest games in the, the world right now, uh, the, uh, Epic Games, which is uh, the company that owns it, is worth $15 billion. They will become as big as Facebook and, and Google if one of them doesn't buy it first but they are creating these immersive entertainment experiences where kids are spending actual money, hundreds and thousands of dollars of actual money to have these experiences. What has a have been preaching for three and four years? The experience. These people get it uh, and we need to pay attention to it. So that's my that first. That is not the first time they've done that. They did no. that with a marshmallow concert uh, yes. about a year ago or so. And my son was on it and watching and listening and, you know, and then after, what they do is exactly what it is that you're saying. Traditional way of thinking, we're going to show a clip. We're going to do the clip. The clip goes away. Everybody goes back to playing. No, they developed the whole story behind it, right? After the head, everybody's got the marshmallow heads to play yep. with. You know, you get lightsabers to battle. You get all that sort of stuff. Yes. That is not AV, man. That is creative minds coming together. What AV can do is feed into that. Right, and leverage we got to remember that we make things pretty. We make the wow happen, yeah. right? That on a on a on a computer monitor, twenty four inch computer LCD monitor that's five years old, that's one experience. You sit in front of a big screen with an immersive sound system and watch that or play that. That could be life changing to some people. So.
We'll see. That's, that's my prediction for next year. So thank you all so much. Mr. Bradford, Ben, thank you, sir. My pleasure. Actually, your pleasure as always. It's always fun hanging out with Megan and Kelly. Chris, I talk to every Sunday morning on AV and the AM on the, on the Twitters. Highly recommend you follow that. Uh, don't follow Tim on the Twitters. He's just going to be complaining about the Bears while I lampoon his blues. Uh, but you can find me on the Twitters at Bradford Ben uh, on the Internet and at avnation.tv. Once again, avnation.tv. And, of course, on Sunday mornings at AV and the AM, once again proving that I can disagree with anybody. This is okay. This is accurate. So. Uh, Megan, thank you so much. Uh, how do people find you and or SCN? You can find me on the Twitters at Megan A. Dutta, and you can find SCN on Twitter at SCN Mag, and you can find all of the latest AV stories at avnetwork.com. Very cool. Mr. Neto, sir, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim, for having me. How do people get a hold of you, Starin, or how do they connect with your AV in the AM? Well, AV names on Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. That's where we kick off. Starin, starin.biz is the website. You can find me over there. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Neto. And since you provided me this great platform, I would just like to take a second to say something if possible. Sure. Okay. Cancer is a mother trucker. And I have a friend who is fighting it right now in Pennsylvania. Yep. Just want to wish him good luck. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. There have been uh, way too many of us um, connected and affected by that. So, uh, Ms. Kelly Perkins, thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know how to follow that, but um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> how do people follow you? Uh, you can find me. Um, uh, through the Ignite Initiative on NSCA.org, I do some marketing consulting for some other folks in the industry. Uh, Kelly P. Perkins on Twitter, also co-host of AV Social on avnation.tv with Miss Don Mead. Um, and I'm all over the other social channels, Kelly P. Perkins. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, for me, uh, Bradford's not wrong. Don't follow me because you'll hear me complaining about the bears. Uh, until the first week of the playoffs because they're not making it. Uh, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv. That is avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others while you are there. Please check out our supporter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week in about two months' time, or actually by the time this post, about a month and a half time. ISC 2020, one more time in Amsterdam. So all that and more at avnation.tv. Uh, one final word for, from me. Uh, thank you. Seriously, um, we started Aviation in 2011, and the fact that I'm still doing this and this is what I do on a daily basis still blows my mind. So, uh, you who continue to listen and to watch and to share are the reason for that. So, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, everybody here appreciates it, and we thank you for your support and your continued uh, listening and watching. So, for all of us here at Aviation, have a very happy 2020 and go out there and kick some butt. Thank you so much. Go by the website, avianation.tv. Avianation.tv. That's all the time we have for this episode of TV Week.